I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew 25. And I'm going to give a little testimony in a minute. I'm going to tie all this in. The Holy Spirit's going to help me. He's already here. Pastor Andrews at the offering said, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus ascended into heaven. And before he did, he said, I am going away. But when I go away, I'm going to send the Spirit. And it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came on this earth. He's, He's living. He's Jesus in the Spirit. He's God in the Spirit. He is the Spirit. He's here tonight. What you feel as you watch that video is not emotion, it's the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says that we cannot know Jesus unless the Spirit of God draws us. The day you gave your life to Jesus, the Spirit of God drew you to Him. And He said, this is your Savior. I am your Savior. And the Spirit, the Bible says, bore witness inside of you that you were a child of God. Amen. Amen. And that gives us the strength to, to to go against any enemy in the world. Amen. Matthew chapter 25, I want to read something we all know, but I promise you, you'll see some different stuff out of it tonight. The parable of the wise and the foolish virgins, say amen if you're there, 25 of Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, pay attention to this. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. I want you to underline that. The door was shut. Just going to throw something in there real quick. Remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the, the ark. The ark had one door. Just one. And the Bible says that the flood was going to come and Noah was telling that it was going to come. And the days were normal. The days were giving in marriage, in marrying, in eating, and drinking, very much like the day we're living in right now. Normality in general in the world. And then the Bible says very clearly in Genesis 6 that the ark had how many doors? One door. And that one door was on purpose. 
Amen? And then the Bible says in Genesis that all of a sudden when God decided, not when man decided, when God decided, the Bible says the door was shut. You're going to see something going throughout the scriptures. Now, this is a great tie-in because if you paid attention to this video, that was Genesis to Revelation of who he is. And he has many names, but he's the same God. And all throughout there, you saw who he was at different times and different places and what he, what he meant at different times and different places. But the Bible shows, if you think about this, watch this, watch this silver lining. As you see those different names, you're also going to see things that are, are always a, a silver lining, so to speak. Always something that is repetitive and is always showing you something that is there that cannot be changed. And all the way back in Genesis, in the very beginning, in the very first chapters of the Bible, the Bible said there was a door. And all the way, I'm not going to take time at this moment to read it, all the way in chapter 22 of Revelation, the Bible talks about a door. And so the door is all throughout the Bible. And the door is the key to eternal life. The door is the way to spend eternity in heaven. Amen. Amen? And so we see here in this parable that when that door is shut, it's a, it's a door that cannot be opened by man. It's a door that cannot be shut by man. It's a door that's opened by God, and it's a door that's shut by God. Afterward, the other virgins came also and said, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Underline that. I do not know you. If there's anything you get out of this message, get this part right here. I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. A lot of people, when they read the parable of the virgins, they don't really understand it all. They don't really get what it's trying to say. But one thing I want you to understand is that the Bible says all of those virgins were Christians. And when we say Christians or believers, we would say that with this on the both sides of the word. Because a lot of people claim to be something, but they're not. Amen? Amen? And there's one person in this history of this world that's claimed to be who he is and was. Amen. And that's our example. Amen. And so we need to be like Jesus, not just talk like Jesus. Amen. We need to be like Jesus. We need to know Jesus. And the Bible tells us that, that in this parable, all of them had lamps. A lamp is a symbol of salvation. Amen? A lamp, that, that, was, that was a symbol of salvation right there. I need my phone tonight, so I'm going to put it on silent. If you have your phone, put it on silent. Unless it's the president or somebody real important. And just say, talk to you later. Come to church. Amen? Amen. Okay, so, well, I'm not going to stand there. So, I want you to stay with me. He says, I don't know you. But they all had lamps. How can I have a lamp if he doesn't know them? Because they, he knew them at one point. Because for them to get lamps, he had to know them. Y'all follow me? You can't get a lamp unless you're saved. 
You can't have a lamp as symbol of salvation unless you have said the sinner's prayer and, and, and had a relationship with the Lord. We have to understand that this walk with God is a walk that you have to finish, not just start. It's a, it's a walk that's daily, and it's a relationship. It's a relationship. I can't say that enough. It's a relationship. That's why I just said not to be mean, but if you just sat there, and, and listen, the great thing is nobody knows who's who. But if you watch that right now, and you think, if you're asking yourself, do I know God? Let me tell you something. If you watch that video right now, and it didn't move you, you don't know him. I'm being, I'm, I'm, I know that sounds real strong, but I mean it. But here's the good news. You can know him. Because he wants to be known. By everybody. But we're talking tonight to a church who knows we're living in days that are perilous. And we know that things are coming. And we know that the Bible tells us that God has a plan. And we know that the Bible tells us that that according to this parable we just read, that at at verse, around verse, let me go back to it a little bit and show you things. Around verse 6, the Bible says that at midnight a cry was heard. That is the biblical example of the rapture of the church. At midnight a cry was heard. And it says that they all, sorry, verse, uh, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. The Bible tells us in the New Testament and the Old that there is coming a day that the church of Jesus Christ will be espoused to Jesus Christ the groom. That's not a female, male, uh, sexual thing. It is an example, amen, of him being the groom and us being the church, the bride. And we will be married to him. And we will spend eternity with him. Amen. And that is a day that every Christian should be longing for. Just like if, again, if you are married and you got married and you, when you got married, you love that person and that person loved you. It was not a bad day. It was an awesome day. It was a day you want, longed for. It was a day you looked for. It was a day you waited for. And it was an exciting day. And, and the rapture of the church is an exciting day. And, and I don't know about you, I, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I could not hold back the tears as I was sitting over there. I felt the presence of God so strong on me as I was not even watching the video, but just listening to who Jesus is, who he is, and all those things that he became so that I could know him. Know him. Not just know about him, but know him. Isn't it amazing tonight that the Bible says that we can be a people that don't just know about some God in some amazingly huge universe, but that we can know him? It's one thing to know about somebody, and it's another thing to know them. You can say, I know about a lot of people. We all have athletes and actors and singers and people that we admire in our lives regardless of where it is in your life and and you might know about them but if you've never sat down and had lunch with them you don't know them and God is coming for a church that doesn't know about him he's coming for a church that knows him You say, am I ready? I don't know because I don't know your relationship 
with Jesus. It's personal. It's not about the relationship your spouse has or the relationship your son has or the relationship your mom and dad have. It's the relationship you have with Jesus. It's personal. It means something. And, and, and we don't ever want to hear the words that we're reading right here. That when the bridegroom came and when the, the, the sound of the trumpet came and he came out to meet them. And we hear this part from, that, that goes over to, not, to read tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where it talks about the rapture. It says that all the virgins arose. Now virgins is symbolic that they were at one time Christians, believers, saved, in good standing, having a lamp. But here's what's important. What was missing? Oil. Oil was missing. Now watch this. I'm going to show you tonight what oil is. Oil is it's not enough to have a lamp. If you have a lamp, let's just go tonight uh, in our age. If you have a light and no bulb, the light means nothing. Okay? But back in the day, if you have a lamp and have no oil to light the lamp, the lamp means nothing. So oil, all throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, that's why I showed this video tonight, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. A symbol of the Holy Spirit. Now go to Luke chapter 4 real quick, and I'm going to show you something. If you can hold Matthew 25, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to go back there or not, so don't worry about it. Go to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to give me just a couple minutes. Luke chapter 4. You want to know tonight if you're going to hear those words, I know you, enter in, good and faithful servant, or if you're going to hear the words, I don't know you. That should scare us if we don't know him. That should scare us. Not 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 in a boo way, in a reverence way. Some people say, oh, you serve God because you're afraid. And I serve God because I'm smart. Oh, you're afraid of God because he says that there's a hell. No, I'm afraid of God because the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Amen. 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 The Bible says very clearly, very clearly, all throughout, that God's always had a plan. And that he wants to be with us. It's his plan. He wants to be with us. Amen? How many believe that? He wants to be with us. He wants us to know him. He created us that way. And if you ever go crazy and try to understand why the world is the way it is, it's because God created us with free will. He allowed us to choose. He gave us the chance and the opportunity to say yes or no. Exodus says, I, I, I place before you today life and death. Choose life. It's a choice. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. No one's going to be in heaven that doesn't want to be there. And no one's going to be in hell that didn't choose to be there. That's a fact because at the end of the day, it comes down to my relationship with or without God. Now, there are people that say, I don't believe that. Look at that cigarette, but I'm not getting here. Promise I haven't been smoking. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in judgment. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in all those different things. And I say, that's okay. Believe what you want. But in the end, when we stand before a living God, we'll find out who's right. 
And I would hate to be wrong. If the lights just go out after we die, then I lose nothing. But if the lights don't go out, or if they do for a second and come back on, and I'm standing in the presence of a holy living God, then what am I going to do? I'm going to plead Jesus. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus. Why? Because the Bible tells me to. I'm going to know him tonight. I'm going to know who he is. Because the Bible tells me. Now look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus' words. Coming from the book of Isaiah, the Old Testament. Remember that the Old Testament is the New Testament, help me, concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And they work hand in hand, and they're a beautiful picture. So Jesus is coming to fulfill the Old Testament. He stands in the temple and reads the book of Isaiah because that was the reading for the day. And it wasn't a coincidence that that day Jesus was standing there. And look what he says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And here's what's powerful. Verse 20, he closes the book, gives it back to the attendant, sits down and says something nobody in the entire history of the world has ever been able to say. He says, verse 21, today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, I just fulfilled Isaiah. Who does that? God. Jesus. Who does that? Nobody can do that. He says, hey, I just read what they were telling about me. Now, we got the end of the book. We know the rest of the story. That he went and died and rose again. Had a little conversation with somebody today. People try to make it without Jesus. You can do a lot without Jesus. You can build. You can have a career. You can build buildings. You can become famous. You can make a lot of money. You can become a professional. You can become a lawyer. Without Jesus, you can do a lot of things. You can become a drug addict. You can become a murderer. You can become an alcoholic. Without Jesus, you can do a lot of things. You can do just about anything you want, but the one thing you can't do without Jesus is be born again. The one thing you can't do without Jesus is rise from the dead. The one thing you can't do without Jesus is have eternal life. So a lot of people are doing a lot of things without Jesus, but they're doing a lot of things that don't matter. Because Jesus came to fulfill this word, and he came to say, I am who says the Spirit of the Lord is upon. Now I'm showing you this because the Holy Spirit came upon him and it began to show us even right here how all throughout the Bible the Holy Spirit and God the Father and God the Son have worked together. Always together. And they're they're a they're a team but they're one. And I don't know why it's so hard for people to understand that because you're a team but you're one. Your body, your soul, and your spirit. 
You're three in one. You're a triune being. So why wouldn't God be that? God says it is. He says, as he's reading this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news, to proclaim liberty to the acceptable year of the Lord. So you see spirit, son, and Lord, and God the Father, all three in that verse, and that's just one of many. But the key here is the spirit. Now I want you to go to John chapter 4. How do I have oil in my lamps? I'm going to show you. What's the oil? How come, how come five foolish virgins, when the bridegroom came, were caught off guard and were not ready to meet the bridegroom? They had their lamp, but they didn't have any oil. I'm going to make it clear in just a second. Don't worry. But look what John chapter 4 says. Verse 23. But the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit. And in truth. And you see in verse 26, as he's talking to this lady, he says, I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you am he. I am. I am, he says. No one else can say that. Just Jesus. So, if, if, the, if the lamp is symbolic of belief, the oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, or the bridegroom said, symbolic of Jesus, said, I don't know you. They had a lamp. What didn't they have? Oil. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to take it a step further. Holy Spirit equals relationship. Because they worship, those who worship Him, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Those that are going to be ready, watch this, those that are going to be ready when the trumpet sounds are those who have oil in their lamps. And those who have oil in their lamps are going to be those who have a relationship with Jesus. A relationship. Amen? A relationship. Not, not a head knowledge. A relationship. Knowing who he is. Wanting to know who he is. Some of you are new converts. You've given your life to the Lord even in the last, we had people saved last night. Even in the last few weeks. Even in the last few hours. And so you don't know everything about the Bible, but you can know him. I know people who can quote more scriptures than all of us put together. But don't know him. Don't know him. And Jesus didn't say when he came for the bridegroom, hey, quote me a bunch of scriptures and you can get in. 
He said, I don't know you. What does that mean? He means I don't have a relationship with you. So if you doubt, am I ready? Check your relationship. That's it. Check your relationship. Look look inward. It's not about how the church is doing or my family's doing or it's nothing else. It's how am I doing with God. It's look in the mirror. It's say, God, search my heart. Now, let's go to Malachi and I'm going to begin to close. Malachi chapter 3. And I'm going to come back and give you a, a key word in just a second. Malachi chapter 3. This is back right before Matthew. Last book of the Old Testament. And I want to remind you about the book of remembrance. The book of remembrance. Not the book of life. We know that the book of life is, is what will be opened the day we all stand. And when we say all stand, that means every human being who's ever lived. Not just Christians. Muslims, Christians, whatever, whatever name you want to put on it. Every person, atheists, every human being that's ever lived, whether they want to or not, is going to stand before God. And, and some people just say, you know what, I just don't believe that. Okay, that's fine. I'm bringing that from a book that has, four, that has thousands of prophecies in it that are being fulfilled today. I'm bringing this to you from a book that's the number one bestseller of history. I'm bringing you this from a book that they've tried to burn and destroy for thousands of years and have never been able to do it. I'm bringing this from a book that's changed lives, healed the sick, set free those that have been drug addicts, changed lives, healed marriages. It's a book that's alive today and it's real. So when I say we're all going to stand before God, it's not my word. It's called God's word. Amen. And if we don't believe it, then one day at the end, like I said, we'll just see how it pans out. But I don't believe we're believing in something that's, well, I just, it's kind of, I don't know if it's got any strength to it. It's got a lot of strength. I've been saved 23 years and every day that I've been saved, I fall more in love with this book. I haven't gone the other way. I've gone more in love with it. So Malachi 3 tells us something, and I know that some of you in here haven't heard this tonight. Verse 13. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? And you said, it's useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? You know what that shows me? That's someone who knew the word. That's somebody who did not finish. Somebody who started. I just told you Sunday night or last night about a pastor who has a big old church. He's just totally losing his mind on the Bible, what the Bible says. And the Bible said that would happen in the last days. And, and I used to run into Costa Rica to drug addicts on the street. That used to say, I used to be a pastor. I used to be a preacher. What good does it do to, fin- to not finish? And this is what this says. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up and they even tempt God and go free. Doesn't it seem like the world we live in today that the bad people are just getting away with everything? Doesn't it seem like they're just having their way? 
Well, they're not going to have their way because God's a just God. And everything we do is being written down. And it'll all come out in the light. But here's the promise to us if we have a relationship with Jesus. Then those say, I want to be one of those. Come on, say it with me. I want to be one of those. Then those who feared the Lord. I think I started out with that. Spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him, capital H, God. And who are those whose names are written? Those who fear the Lord. And who meditate on his name. Meditate is stay fixed upon, think about, constantly be in communion with. He's not coming back for a church people who talk to him on Sundays only. And Monday through Saturday live like the rest of the world and a lot of times worse. One of the things you didn't see in the video last night was the next scene. I shut it off because that's what I wanted to show. Was a girl who came in and was like, God, I'm sorry. I told you last night at the club that I was going to get right with you if you gave me another chance. That's the mentality of a lot of people. I'm going to go to church on Sunday and I'm going to have a form of godliness. But I'm not going to have a relationship with him. Because if you have a relationship with him, you don't want to sin. If you have a relationship with him, you want to be close to him. It's not just a, well, let me get my ticket so I can get in. It's a relationship. Okay? It's a relationship. Watch this. Here's the promise. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on that day when I make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. How does God know tonight if I'm ready or if I'm not? Because he weighs the intentions of the heart. He sees what man and woman don't see. I can have a suit on. I can have a nice looking car. I can have a house. I can have a nice looking Bible with my name on it. I can even pay my tithes. I can, I can do all kinds of things that look good on the outside. But if my heart is not right with God, that does, that's what matters tonight, is that my heart is right with God. And then I have a relationship with Him, with Jesus. Amen? Now let me give you one more thing. This, this is going to seal it up tonight. I'm going to make a statement. I want you to write this down. And actually, I told you I wasn't going to go back there, but I think we are. Let's go back to Matthew 25 one more time. You there? 
I'm not. Kingdom of heaven should be like ten virgins who went out to meet the bridegroom. Just paraphrasing again, five were ready, five weren't, five were smart, five were foolish. Five had oil, five did not. And the bridegroom was delayed. We talked about this last night. People saying, when is the promise going to come? When is this going to happen? I've heard before this is the last day. I've heard before this is it. I've seen things before. I don't believe it. That's the kind of heart and that's the kind of spirit that's not going to be ready. If you are allowing the world to come in and to contaminate you and get you thinking, yeah, I've got time. I, I had a post one time on Instagram that said the greatest thing the devil can do is make you think you have more time. That's the best foolish thing you can believe is that I've got more time. Dad just showed me a, a, a thing last night. We were eating some soup at their house. 27-year-old football player, dead, bam, 27, died. I mentioned last night, we're talking about the rapture. We're talking about Jesus coming back for us. We're talking about not wanting to be in the tribulation. Today, you could die. Today, it could be the day that's established for you to die from Hebrews 9.27. At a certain moment and a certain hour, you have to understand that the day you're going to pass into eternity is already written down in God's pages. He already knows the day you're going to die. And you better know him when you do. Because there is no purgatory. There is no place you go to after you die that some man can call you out of. Or some person can, somebody listen to me, can some person can pay you out of. The Bible says that established under man wants to die, then comes judgment. Oh, I don't like that word. Well, neither do the people sitting in prison today. But they're there. No one likes to stand before a judge. But you don't have a choice. You just need a good lawyer. I'm not gonna, we're not going to get into if they're right or wrong. or You know, everybody in prison says, I didn't do it. Yes. Right? I've never met a person. I've done a lot of prison visitation. I've never met one that said I did it. They all were tricked and fooled, and someone else did it. Now, I know that every once in a while, we've heard those stories. There are some cases. But in general... Most of the people sitting in prison have done something. Amen? Amen. While he was delayed, they slumbered and slept. said, the bribe was coming. Go out to meet him. They did not have the oil. Now watch this. It says right here in verse 8. Let's look at this to finish. And the fool said to the wise, Give me some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. And the wise said, No, we can't do that unless there be enough for both of us. And while they went... Bridegroom came. You know why you can't borrow oil? You know why you can't? Uh, you know why you can't lend it or pass it to somebody? Because you can't pass or borrow a relationship. It's a relationship. You can't pass or borrow character. It's not something physical. It's something spiritual. And you have it or you don't. Your heart's right or it's not. Amen? And so if you say, am I ready? I don't know. I can only talk for myself. I can't even answer for my wife. I can't even answer for my daughters. I can't. I can only answer for me. Amen. Only, only me. 
And, and he's, he's a personal, loving God that wants a relationship with me. And he's a jealous God. I was in that video. He's a jealous God. He wants to be just with me. And tonight, if there's anything in your life that's bigger than God, the relationship's in trouble. And that's why we come to church, and that's why we pray, and that's why we seek him, so that he can prune us, and he can get the things out of our lives that don't need to be there, so that he is number one. Amen?